beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Nine to Thrive, quick health tips for busy lives. I'm Cece, your go-to nutrition nerd, and I'm thrilled you're joining me today. We've got nine action-packed minutes ahead filled with real talk and practical tips to help you heal for good. So whether you're on your commute, taking a quick break, or multitasking like the boss you are, let's dive in and make every minute count. It's time to nerd out. Today, we're dissecting the U.S. food system and its guidelines. I'm going to tell you about three big things or patterns within our food system that are sabotaging your health. First, the over-indexing on sugar. Second, our modern farming practices. And third, the medical barometer for what's considered normal or healthy. Let's get into it. Ever wonder why certain foods are pushed on us more than others, or why some foods that are clearly unhealthy are still labeled as good for you? If you've been scratching your head about this, you are not alone, my friend. All right, thing one, over-indexing on sugar. Let's rewind to the 1950s and talk about a man who changed the course of nutritional history, but not for the better. Ansel Keys, an American physiologist, conducted what was known as the Seven Country Study. Now, this study was supposed to challenge the idea that vegetable fats are better for the heart than animal fats. But here's the kicker. The study actually found the opposite. Now, Ansel Keys did not just make a mistake. He intentionally manipulated the data. He started with 22 countries, but conveniently tossed out the ones that did not fit his hypothesis. When other researchers included all the original countries in their analysis, the supposed link between fat and heart disease vanished. Keyes was kind of a fraud, and his manipulated data set us on a trajectory that vilified fats and glorified inflammatory seed oils, sugars, and carbs. He's the reason that a lot of us grew up eating skim milk and corn checks for breakfast instead of delicious bacon and eggs. So Keyes' intentional misinterpretation of the data led us to believe that animal fats or saturated fats were the enemy. So these fats were removed from processed foods. But when you take out fat, which is delicious, you have to replace it with something else. And that something was sugar. Well, and toxic, cheap seed oils, but we're going to save that one for another short cast episode. I want to zero in on the sugar component of this. So most people think that sugar is only in desserts or sweets. Wrong. Sugar is in nearly everything. Crackers, high-fiber cereals, yogurt, granola bars, protein powders, and even foods labeled as quote-unquote low-fat or quote-unquote healthy. Food manufacturers are super sneaky. They use different names for sugar and sugar-like objects, making it really hard to recognize. In fact, there are over 56 different names for sugar, like WTF. The detriment of sugar is not just weight gain. It impacts nearly every aspect of your health, cognition, energy, sleep, mood, hormone balance, heart health, cholesterol, metabolism, and more. Um, ha have you ever watched a child enjoy a sucker or a lollipop? Uh, inevitably, the little peanut gets remnants of it all over their precious little face and hands, and it creates this, this sticky mess. Well, that happens to our insides, too. Sugar sticks to our tissues, our organs, our arteries, and it creates buildup that leads to chronic inflammation, which is the precursor to conditions like autoimmune disease, hormone imbalance, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and the big C, cancer. All right, moving on to thing two, modern farming practices. 
So monoculture farming is a form of agriculture that is based on growing only one type of crop at one time on a very specific field. Monoculture farming is one of the most disputable topics in today's agriculture industry. Uh, so as the world's population starts to, well, continues to grow in number and the demand for food on the global scale keeps rising, many farmers deem monoculture agriculture to be the simplest solution for satisfying this constantly growing need for food. But this approach to farming upsets the natural balance of soils. It robs the soil of its nutrients, resulting in decreasing varieties of beneficial bacteria and microorganisms that are needed to maintain balance for the soil and for us. One species of crop means that only one type of root will be available to trap moisture and prevent soil erosion, work that typically requires multiple types of roots. So plants need 13 different nutrients from the soil in order to fully develop. Six of these nutrients are needed in large quantities. When these six essential nutrients, which are nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, sulfur, and calcium, aren't as present, it means a less nutrient-dense crop. In short, our vegetables are not as nutritious as they once were. And this is true of our animal products as well. In non-pastured or, or non-regenerative farming practices, animals are kept in tight confines. They're fed a pesticide-sprayed, monocropped grain diet, and they're injected with aggressive growth hormones. Not only is this inhumane, but it affects us because you are what you eat eats. In other words, we consume everything that the animal we eat has consumed. So if you're eating conventionally raised animals, you're also consuming all of those pesticides and hormones. Now, let's talk about thing three, the medical barometer for what's normal or healthy. Our nutritional guidelines have shifted over the years to recommend more carbohydrates than ever before. Most Americans are now consuming over 200 grams of carbohydrates per day. A more realistic goal is between 80 and 120 grams per day. Don't even get me started on the governmental guidelines. Um, but let's talk about the food pyramid for a second. It was created to help us understand which food groups were most important. But the problem is that it was based on outdated, inaccurate information. For example, it recommended up to 11 servings of bread, cereal, rice, and pasta daily, which is basically a recipe for type 2 diabetes. So now we have my plate, which is better, but still imperfect, namely because it aims to simplify the food pyramid, but it oversimplifies things. For instance, it suggests a third of our plate should be grains, but it doesn't specify what type of grains are best. And for the record, one third of your plate is still too much. We should be aiming for a fist-sized portion and make sure that it's a complex carbohydrate, like a fibrous vegetable, such as sweet potatoes or sprouted grains. And this confusion about um, the moving barometer shows up in our doctor's offices too. So let's just take fasting blood glucose, for example. What's now considered normal is a fasting plasma glucose of around 100 milligrams per deciliter. But optimal is really between 65 to 80 milligrams per deciliter. Why do these ranges creep up? Well, when you think about it, the normal range is normal. So in other words, normal ranges are defined by what's common. And if we are collectively as a society getting sicker or experiencing higher blood glucose levels, then it stands to reason that the common or normal range should adjust up to reflect that. But again, normal isn't necessarily what's optimal or healthy. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that just because your range is normal, you're all good. 
All right, so we've covered a lot of ground, but now I want to give you five simple actions that you can start taking today to navigate our messed up food system and get a little bit healthier. Number one, be a skeptic. When you see those clickbait articles about the latest health findings, don't just take them at face value. Look for the source, the funder, and the agenda. Understand the motive behind the study or the article. Ask yourself, is it truly objective or is it pushing an agenda that's more harmful than healthful? Number two, master nutrition labels. Forget about calories, carbs, protein, and fat for a second. The only thing that you really need to focus on is the list of ingredients. Foods are listed in quantity order, so if an ingredient appears first, it's in a greater quantity in that food. This is where you're going to find the real story. Which brings me to three, decode sugars. We know now added sugars are super sneaky. They go by many names, agave, corn sweetener, dextrose, juice concentrate, so much more. Basically anything with the words sugar or syrup or anything ending in O-S-E, be on the lookout for. Number four, say no to low fat. I want you to think of low fat as high sugar. Always opt for the full fat version of something. It's going to taste better. It will help uh, keep you feeling full longer. um, So you'll ultimately eat less and have more sustained energy. And five, vote with your fork. Your choices matter. Opt for, when you can, organic, pasture-raised, and regeneratively farmed proteins and eggs. You're not just making a choice for your health, but it's also for the planet. So what have we learned today? We've talked about the three big things within our food system that are sabotaging your health. The over-indexing on sugar, the modern farming practices, and the skewed medical barometer for what's considered normal or healthy. It is time to take control, my friends. Don't just be a passive consumer. Be an active participant in your own health journey. Start by educating yourself and others. Share what you've learned today with at least one person. The more we spread the word, the more we can all nudge our way to a healthier life. And that's a wrap, beautiful people. Another nine minutes closer to healing for good. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share the love with your friends. Got questions or topics you want me to cover? Just slide into my DMs on Instagram at NutritionNerdCC. Until next time, keep thriving and remember, you've got this.